0: Hello, welcome to Pole Pod with me, your host Dolly Daggers, where I talk all things mindset with your pole idols. Before we get started, I just wanted to let you know that this episode does contain detail of injury and it's a quite hard listen in places. Even though you may be squeamish like me, I would recommend just sticking with it and listening to Sam's full story. I'm sure she would appreciate that. Sam's story is a story of resilience, of believing in the impossible and not losing hope. I really think you're going to enjoy this one. So I wanted to ask you, mainly because like, this podcast is a little bit about your journey, with your injury. That was kind of what I wanted to focus on. And I know that when I sent you some of the questions over, maybe you had like a it was a bit emotional. The yeah, that so um I wanted to just say like thank you for for still doing it because it's a lot to to feel all of those emotions and as we're talking about it you know if you feel like uncomfortable and you don't really want to talk about certain things you can just say like I'm, I'm not up for talking about that um but um I wanted you to just talk a little bit about what happened to you um I know a bit about your story um because I've read a few things on your Instagram but I would just love to hear from you what kind of happened um with your injury how it happened if you don't mind just sort of relaying a little bit of what happened to you okay
1: um first thank you for inviting me um this is, re- is a really big opportunity for explaining what happened to me and trying to gather other people that probably they suffer the same or they're like having injuries right now um, and trying to like Be resilient get back to it um yeah because most of the time like when we got injured we feel like oh fuck, i'm injured i'm not able to go back to the pool anymore you know you're scared you're not able to go back to 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 your level um and that's obviously it's a fear that you always like lives inside you so um for me um it's been quite tough to 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 write it out actually because when you sent me over some questions I I was trying to write down some bullet points and then and then it came up like 2k over 2k of words on the Word document I was like what the fuck I actually wrote a essay about it um, but it was actually kind of freeing myself and it was really good to 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 get through it um, I think now I am in a kind of a stage of feeling okay, now it's time for me to explain what happened and, and be loud because injury happens and we can't really prevent it, unfortunately. Um, if it happens, it happens. And then what we do? For me. So what happened to me? I was training Bird of Paradise for about four months every single day. I wanted to make it as perfect as possible, because unfortunately, I'm also a perfectionist. So I was like, if I'm going on stage, I want to have the best Bird of Paradise ever because it was kind of natural to me to go into Bird of Paradise. I was born more flexible than stronger. But yeah, like Bird of
0: Paradise
1: was easy for me. So I was like, okay, I'm going to train it. I'm going to tried to make the best exit and the best entry into a static, spinning pole-wise and then I started to work out my own routine, pole routine um, which I was really proud of because I put off things that I was not able to do before plus other things like Bird of Paradise. Now, if you think about my pole routine, you don't know what was my pole routine, but if you think about my pole routine I could actually go injured from other things like that lift or Aisha's or has other things like they were more more difficult for me in terms of execution. And I didn't, I actually fall down from the bird of paradise, which was my favorite trick. Um, so imagine um, me going to the studio with some friends of mine, they were still training for other competition as well and um, training for my own routine for my own competition routine um probably i have done the piece already three four times every week for about a month or two so i was really confident in that so i started to go for the run through and i was pretty tired that day so that's my fault and that's probably the reason why i actually fell off the bird of paradise i was tired i was on my first day of period um I didn't recover that much it was saturday so end of the week i was teaching a lot of classes and other stuff so i was getting very tired but my me perfectionist i was like i have to do it so let's go to the studio let's try out one more time tomorrow I will rest so i did and obviously this is what happened i fell off my friends were audience, were, were watching me, and I went into, like, the best run forever I ever done. The pole started to get spin a lot. So I went into Bird of Paradise because I was pretty confident in that. However, when I went into the bird, so I released the leg over the split. Um, I was feeling, like, quite spinning, but I was fine. So I tried to re-hook the knee back to the pole and I start to have a headache, feeling very tired at that point. Unfortunately, I lost the properception on my own leg. And I hooked the leg back on the air and I didn't catch the pole. So when I didn't catch the pole, um, you know, I was in the kind of weird position of Bird of Paradise with one leg behind the shoulder and all the shoulders completely open on the back. Um, I fell off and I uh, landed in a bridge kind of a pose with my right shoulder, which was on the pole back then, um, was not anymore, was on the floor behind myself, so behind my back. And I landed with my triceps completed on the floor and my right hand on the back of the left shoulder. So basically, it literally, like, yeah, I basically moved all the shoulder and all the arm in the other side in my back. And I landed over it. So all my body weight was on it. Um, definitely was a traumatic, uh, was really traumatic.
0: I wanted to say, um, Uh, Just thank you for relaying what happened um, because I know myself when I talk about things that are traumatic, you definitely feel how you felt then. So, um, thank you for like explaining what happened to you. Um, And I guess I can just ask you how did you deal with like the shock? Were you in shock? What happened sort of after that? event of um you you landed you had your friends there it's very lucky that you weren't alone in the studio because obviously as athletes we train a lot alone so that's good that's one positive thing um but what happened directly after that moment so
1: after that moment um i i am a sports and dance therapy student so i have to be thank god thank god like i am a student in this area because otherwise I will probably do something wrong without the knowledge I had. So um, I fell off and I straight away I suddenly understood that it was something very severe. I didn't really want to accept that, but I knew that it was severe. Um, I started to shout. Obviously, it was very painful. Um, I stand up straight away and I start to watch my friends. I was like fuck this is going to be like very bad because I I feel like something is wrong with my shoulder I start to touch my shoulder and the thing that you shouldn't do is that's that's the disclaimer don't do it at home please um you shouldn't really move it once you are um, having like a traumatic injury that way um I felt like I wanted to try to check if my shoulder was still there and if I could actually move it Um I kind of like make it worse because the shoulder like subluxed and then completely relaxed out. So it was like a, a, shoulder, a shoulder dislocation at the beginning, um, so I move it back in the same way and fortunately um, the shoulder went back to the socket. So. I kind of like dislocated and then it went back. It was very hard to accept it, that it was bloody painful. And then I lay down on the floor. The first thing I did was basically my friends were more scared than me. So I kind of like took over the situation, even though I was the one injured. I was like, you, go to the freezer, get some ice, <laughs> you, please, get some resistance bands or something like to hold my shoulder, because I know that I have to do like a first aid of myself. And then I told my friend, the other one, please take my phone and call my osteopath, which is also my thesis. So she, she's she been, you know, um rehabilitating me uh, over this year, and she, she was treating me before as well. So... She, she knows exactly what we could do in that case, also because she's teaching at the Osteopath College um, here in London, so she's also um, a lecturer, so I told her, like, oh, my osteopath, even though it was the jubilee weekend on Saturday, you know, who cares, call the osteopath, osteopath. I need it, you know, um, and see what she said, and she told me, like, lay down on the floor, don't move the arm, stay there and call the ambulance. Unfortunately, the ambulance couldn't come because it was the Jubilee weekend. So I got really unlucky from this point of view, um, but we got a cab. Thank God we were next to a hospital, so not that far. So we went to the hospital. I got an x-ray that at the beginning it didn't show any signs of fracture or stuff like this. Um, and then after, like, after the history started. <laughs> so, yeah, I went back home with a shoulder dislocation. Um, I was feeling, like, very, very, very sad because I knew that it was really hard to accept, but I knew that I was really severely injured. I'll have, I told my coach, like, can be probably okay within six weeks. I might probably go back to pole and start to train again maybe for the next comp but maybe I can like skip the first one about the international one in two months or three months probably I'm, I'm gonna make it. Mm-hmm. oh my coach was like okay Sam like just forget about competition just forget about Paul in general now focus on your shoulder and that was the first moment throughout the whole day that I realized okay I am fucked. How can I survive the situation of being completely another person? like probably from tomorrow I'm not able to polling again. Probably I'm not gonna be able to do this for a living um like the first months were very really difficult as well, not only from the mental part and from the physical aspect, also from financial part um point of view because obviously, I couldn't work the same as before. Most of the studio didn't allow me to teach because I was not able to demo. And I was really kind of upset of it. Um, Don't take me wrong. I know that the demonstration um, in a class is needed, but I want to make a point out of it. Like I've been over the same time that I injured myself, I was training a person for a competition. And obviously I cannot let her down. I cannot let her like, okay, I'm sorry. Like, I cannot show you things on the pole, so I'm not able to, to train you for this comp. And she was about to go on stage in six weeks. So, you know, I was like, okay, I'm gonna change my teaching style, my teaching skills. I'm sure I'm able to teach you by guidance. I'm sure I can teach you what I have in my mind, trying to choreograph things without using my shoulder, try to work around, um, and you might learn a new way to, how to learn poll with me, because obviously I, I was not able to um, show anything. So, um, and actually it it came out with a really big opportunity for me as well from a teaching point of view, because I understood that I could actually teach without demonstrating all the time. And this is really important if you want to preserve your body,
0: I feel like. Yeah, also, I feel like if you're having a day, like you were saying, you were tired from demonstrating and from teaching all the time, I think in a lead up to a competition, I think as teachers, we have to preserve our bodies and just be aware that we're going to expend a lot of energy, you know, in the coming weeks with comp routines and stuff. So it's very hard to manage um, comp training plus teaching you know, so I definitely feel like if you're able to teach without demoing so much, that's a definite big skill, isn't it? It's really good to be able to look after yourself and preserve your energy. So just going back to <laughs> all your feelings, you know, you talked about shock, maybe it not sinking in that you, um, you know, that it was going to be a big time without Paul for you. Um, I feel as pole dancers, we have a real sense of identity. Uh, you know, I am a pole dancer. I am doing pole. How did that change for you, your sense of identity, when you had that missing from your life? You know, you're no longer able to really train. How did that feel for you? Um,
1: this is a hard question, first. So thank you for asking me this question because it does give me the time to reflect on on my own journey um hopefully will help someone someone else as well um so i felt lost and we need to you need to face the truth like injury sucks all the time um and then we i don't want to show myself like i'm strong you know i came out out from this kind of situation stronger than before yes i did it's true but it is not only this it's a lot of up and downs it's not definitely linear in terms of um rehabilitation but um as well like in in terms of mental health however i have to admit um, this gave me a big opportunity of my life not able to spend most of my energy on teaching um, be able to focus only on rehabilitation for the first three four months like on the phase one and two of the rehab gave me allowed me actually to find myself again um so you feel like you've gotten lost from a point of view because your focus before was something that was pretty much physical pretty much tricks and and things that you want to show off you want to try to to achieve not only because you want to see and you want to show to the world that you're good at things that are really difficult it's also like a challenge with yourself right then you pass by not be able to brush your teeth anymore not be able to wash yourself not be able to cook or you know just like dressed up just normal daily life activity which It does makes you feel like very vulnerable vulnerable because you have to ask your partner to to make such things uh, because you're not able to. Um, To feel like, okay, now it's time for me to reflect and see what I can do instead of watching and focusing on what I cannot do. So I feel like the best The most important thing in rehabilitation is not to keep going. Of course, you need to keep going you need to, you know, uh, go back to the level as you are because this is your main goal of rehabilitation programs. But the main thing is to accept, accept that your body in that moment of your life doesn't doesn't allow you to do certain things because it does need rest it doesn't mean that you need to like stay still and do nothing. Actually, is the double hard job of doing normal life <laughs> because you need to rehab maybe three times per, per day, um, do a lot of exercises which before you were not even thinking that they were important, and now they are. So accepting that your body is in a different stage does allow you to keep going better instead of like focusing on things that you are not able to do right now. So in my vocabulary, like there is no word such as impossible. So everything is possible. I went to my orthopedic doctor three months later and I told them, I am a pole artist. I want to go back to pole. So don't come out with things like, oh, your shoulder will be never again the same. You're not going to do this. You're not going to do that because I'm not going to allow you to let me know these things, you know, to tell me these things. You need to tell me what I should do to be able to go back to it, you know? So even like it take, it's going to take four hours or four years, fine. You know, I can wait four years to go back to do what I used to do. Um, for me, like the hope, it's a big, big big part of the piece of cake, let's say. So you never really need to lose the focus, the hope, but you also need to accept that your body right now cannot do this. So you need to resize your goals and you know work through goals week by week or day by day. Um, my main goal, for example, was to be able to do a plank. In about six weeks, so I couldn't do a plank for six bloody weeks, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, and that was really, yeah, hard to accept. But you know, we, I have literally like started to work out a few different ways to, 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 to be able to go back a plank to a plank, and another important thing of my rehab program was trying to use the pole as a tool so the first very day that I injured myself I was like if I'm gonna go away from the pole for all these months I know that probably I'm gonna lose not the passion because the passion you never really lose the passion just like the hope to go back to pole so every time the rehabilitator were giving me some exercises, I was trying to work it out the same way to do it on the pole. Um, I've been trying to start to explore more movements um, of my own signature style. So again, for me it was like a big opportunity because I went back to my roots, which there are ballet, um, ballet and theater and all this stuff, which I kind of left and kind of like on the side because I was focusing more on tricks and gymnastic things before. Um, so I went back to do what I loved the most since I was three years old. So ballet, I went back to point shoes. I started to go to regular ballet classes with Anna Frost, my teacher here in London. Um, things that I didn't have time to do before because I was always teaching, training, competing all this stuff. So I started to like find a, a different way to see the world. Yes, injury sucks. I was not able to do what I was wanting to do. Um, my focus was competing. Um, forget about competing. I will compete another time. This is not my time right now. Uh, my time right now was to be able to rehabilitate my shoulder and go back to actually pole again. And this is where I have to start to fill up my days with other activities Activities that probably will help me out to recover and heal faster. So I went back to dance. I started to pull with one arm because, again, yes, my shoulder was definitely out of service. I was not able to, to use it. But the other shoulder was fine and also was my non-dominant one. So it was a really big excuse for me to use it to start to get it stronger, the same as the dominant one. So I started to learn how to pull up with one arm on the pole, climb up there, started to explore movements with one arm only and, you know, static rotation with one arm and just legs and other stuff. And then how, this is how I start to choreograph, again, other stuff that I brought it in the Elite Pole, Cham- pole Championships last year. Well, actually this year.
0: I wanted to, uh, it's really like a positive thing that came from your injury is that choreography um and I love that routine and I love that you explain on Instagram or on your social media you explained like what the routine was about and I think um it's quite incredible that you were able to choreograph something that shows your journey with your injury you know it's it's creating something beautiful from something that was very traumatic <clears throat> and um i guess that's one good thing that can come out of injury is you know you can still create and be creative just in a different way maybe
1: yes it is um now you made me emotional thank you so much <laughs> Yes, it is. When I first applied for Elite, I was probably like, I did apply uh, because I wanted to get some judge um, feedback from actually Lizeth Kroll. And I was like, oh, Lizeth Kroll is judging. Let's that's, send that's video application just to get some feedback from her because I really love her. Um, but um, I was not expecting to go in. Um, so when I got in, I was like, oh, this is my chance, actually. Um, I was not able to compete for a year. In one year of rehabilitation, I could actually go back on stage again. Um, And I know that if I wanted to go on stage, I didn't want to tell a story. I wanted to tell my own story. So I started to realize how my movement changed since I got my injury, how I explore movements that were my signature ones. And, And then I realized like, look, these, are going to tell my story so why should I like lie on stage and tell a story of someone else or something else in general while I have actually a story a big story to to to, to show so I started to focus on this um, I knew that I was like not be able to do certain movements because when I got the application back, um, I was in the last stage of uh, rehab. So my shoulder were functioning back, but was not fully functioned. So I knew I couldn't do any power spin. I know I couldn't do any sort of handspring or air or things that people probably from a semi-pro instructor, elite professional, uh, they want to see, right? i was like i don't care you know honestly like i don't i don't want to go on stage and show the things that people want to see i want to show my own very me and then people will probably appreciate some others they don't but who cares at the end of the day like um, we need we are on the stage for communicate something and for me choreographing was and it still is my biggest communication tool in my life since i was three um, I feel like um, throughout my 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 life, um, choreographing like dancing through my feelings um, was the easiest way to, to to get those feelings out. Dancing has been always like it's not even like my passion is oxygen is like it is who I am like I can't change that you know, um, so. So yeah, like when I had this opportunity, I was, okay, let's do it. Let's go to elite. I was very, pretty much scared. But when I went to the theater, I was like, I'm home again. Finally, I'm back to where I was. And that was the the, the hand, uh, sorry, the long-term goal of my rehabilitation program. So the first thing my um, osteopath told me about my rehab was like, what's your goal? It was like probably to go back to compete in about one, two, three years. Be able to do this like after one year was really, really satisfying.
0: That makes me really grateful that um, I'm able to compete because I'm currently working on something um, for competitions. And I, you know, when you get that anxiety about competing, I try and come back to gratitude and I try and go, you know, like you could be injured right now. You could be, you know, um, not able to do this, and it's fine to feel anxiety. But I think sometimes just trying to build gratitude that you can actually do pole, you know, like pole is amazing. And I have been injured before, not in the same way. I had to take a month off, um, because my rib, um, <laughs> my rib popped when I was performing. That's like the worst injury I've had. Um, And I definitely was like pretty low. A month for me off pole is a lot. So uh, like, (laughs) I can't even imagine like to go through like a longer rehab process. That sense of gratitude, is it something that you tap into now quite a lot?
1: Um, Yeah, so I am really grateful for what the body can do. I am focusing always to to develop, so to grow, um, now I can start again to learn and relearn things that first felt impossible to do it. Um, so I'm really happy with, but I'm not biting myself. And this is something that I want to tell everyone. I'm not biting myself because I cannot do a thing. So for example, the twisted gripper was not my best friend. I can do now, sometimes it, it does, inflame my shoulder so it's not something that I do every day and I um, don't want to relearn it every day like I don't want to regate the, the movement because I know that it might it might inflame my shoulder and you know the body is only one and it's forever we need to preserve it
0: so basically you're saying to rephrase what you're saying <laughs> You're basically saying that you don't beat yourself up for not getting something like a trick. I wanted to ask you also, what did you do to protect your mental health when you were injured? Were there any things that you did to sort of look after your mental health when you were going through that very tough time? In my case,
1: um, I'm a very curious person. So, um, To feel better, for example, um, I focused on reading all the books for my second year uni, (laughs) because it was the summer, um, yeah, it was a summer break, so I was like, you know what, I'm going to get all the uni books that I have to start reading for the next semester, and I started to do some research on it. it, what it helped me out was actually reading through and start to do my own research about my own injury, and it did help me out as well to do to to to, to go through the the rehabilitation itself. So I know that mental health, when when happens some things, so you might want to distract yourself from what happened for me it was the opposite way around for me it was like actually focus fully on going back to Paul. That was my goal. So I didn't have time to focus on other things. My focus was like go back to Paul. That's it. Like I was waking up in the morning I was like, I need to go back to Paul. <laughs> so um trying to um, stabilize my mental health um, through knowledge, through through different things that require um, re- more readings for the readings about my own um injury help me out.
0: Hmm. I guess it gives you a sense of understanding of your body if you're able to read and it's no longer so like out of your control almost it gives you a sense of control like oh this is science this is fact-based like obviously when you get injured there's a kind of loss of control because it's it can be just a random thing um what would you say is there something different is there like a different way that you would train because you you know like you said when you got injured you were very tired were you over would you say I'm not blaming you for your injury, by the way. I'm just I'm just basically trying to think like what we can do better as pole dancers to prevent injury, even though obviously injury is not something that we can con- completely prevent. Sometimes it just happens, but is there some steps that we can do to, to maybe just be careful with our bodies a bit more?
1: What happened to me um, was because I was overtraining. I was not recovering enough, um, not because my shoulder was not warm enough or because um yeah i was training without warm-up or stuff like this so there are a few different ways to get injured right um in my case was i was over training i was going i actually ended my uni assessments so all the stress I- Around the unit assessment was over, so I was feeling more relaxed, and probably that didn't help as well. M- menstruation period as well came out, so I was not in 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 the best shape ever. So first,
0: my advice is to listen your body. I wanted to just jump in there. Um, I was just going to say, why do you think we overtrain as pole dancers? Because it is a common thing. I've been there, so I I'm you know i i get it but why do you think that is because if we can like figure out why we overtrain like maybe we can like change things a little bit or or be nicer to our bodies
1: i think i overtrain because i really wanted to put my effort in something and when it comes that you want to be on stage and you want to be watched plus this is not my only hobby let's say i'm not going on stage because i'm i'm doing a hobby and i just want to perform this is my also job so if i go on stage and i feel like probably judged by lines or things that they are not in place as they should and they, the perfectionism the imposter syndrome those are things that i think they're always correlated with um artists in general like it doesn't need to be pole dancing and the reason why i quit dance when i was teenager was also this. I was feeling like mentally broken because I was always wanted to try to be to pick my best and obviously if you want to pick your best of the time you're not picking your best because the performance is getting low Um, this is how why you should have a periodization um, training and this is why you should have a coach as well that understand from a scientific point of view as well from a mental point of view um, your needs because i feel like when competing competition in Polish, like tennis we never really had a stop like we have compete competition throughout the years in some countries they might have like a year calendar where you get the regional nationals and then words and here, like you, especially in the UK, you can apply most of the time every season. So you never really stop. And if you're angry for stage presence, you want to try to apply as many as possible. And that's what happens when you burn out. You burn out because you don't have a periodization period. You don't have a proper structure on your training. You want to pick all the time, while you have to pick once properly before the comp day, during the comp day as well. So you can pick the most.
0: And then would you say rest after that? Oh, yes,
1: absolutely. You need to recover. And you need to also recover before that. So for this comp I'm preparing, um, I didn't really have time. And this is comes back to the acceptance, okay? I know that this competition won't be the perfect and the best one of mine. And I'm okay with that. Like, I don't need to explain or I don't need to um, show that it's not going to be my greatest. you probably see on stage, it's not going to be my greatest. I'm going because it's an experience and I love competing and it's a really big opportunity for me to go you know, um, outside, abroad, outside UK and go in Greece. But do my lifestyle right now, uh, which is Being a business owner, teaching classes at my own studio plus being students of teaching, reading, studying, give assessments, plus training for comp. It does not give me enough time to rehearse my own training program for the competition. So I know that I have some restrictions and it's fine. Um, I'm happy with that. It's okay. I'm not going to burn out for this. I know that I have to be there in a a certain way. I cannot go there and, you know, uh, I mean, in a professional category, I need to try to, to make it happen somehow. But if I have to rest today, I rest. I'm not waking up and say, oh, I don't have enough time. And every single moment of this month is precious to go and train for the comp. Yes, it is. But if I feel tired, I prioritize my recovery over training.
0: And this is really important. It's, it's essential. It's, it's so hard to do, though. That's one of the hardest things I've learned as a pole dancer. Oh, it's difficult. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes big time big time but look like for example i was always complaining because my muscles uh, were not growing in volume and then when i start to recover my muscles got bigger (laughs) why why because obviously i let my body to rest and start to grow (laughs) so you know like you see like the side effect of like training over time i feel like if i'm training more i get more results and this is totally wrong if you train one hour probably will be more effective over six hours of training
0: yeah one hour focused focused training you know and then rest and then recover um you talked about i really have to pull you up on two things uh before we kind of wrap this up because you talked about perfectionism and you talked about imposter syndrome and this is something that comes up a lot um how are you combating those two things <laughs> so this
1: is probably i don't have a straight answer and and i think like i'm still i'm still struggling sometimes It it is totally normal to say that um you know i need to keep it real and honest um perfectionism i think it got better after my injury because i realized how important the shoulder is for my daily life activity so i feel like fuck the perfectionism but when it comes that i have to do things um, for instagram or slash um, stage presence in for competition then my perfectionism comes back i think perfectionism if you want to strive to make an artist career life Something that you need to have sometimes. Perfectionism probably can help you out to see to be critical of yourself, and you need to be critic because if you're if you have this kind of like skill, you'll be improving instead of like watching feel like everything is fine, you know. However, you need to have big small doses of it. You need to also accept and you know allow yourself to be grateful for things you can do. I feel like. I'm I'm not the right person probably to give
0: um an answer about that. I no, but you're exactly the right person because you Yes. Yes, because you experience it, right? Because if you experience something and you and you struggle with it, right? I'm the same. I very much struggle with perfectionism to the point where I will like I have days when I was um like choreographing for this current competition. Where I was just I had one day, like not all the days are like this, but I had one day where I was just crying on the floor. My husband comes in. I'm like, it's shit. It's the worst piece of shit I've ever done in my life. This is like the most rubbish. Like I like I don't know why I'm doing this. Like this is utter crap. Like basically like that in tears on the floor. He's like, Oh my gosh, like he took a photo of me, like when you when you finish this competition i'm going to show you this photo i
1: did the same
0: (laughs) well (laughs) i completely agree and you know um
1: we all go through this Uh, i'm sure you'll be great in comp um yeah i can't wait to see your pieces actually your pieces are always like masterpiece. So, I'm I'm like always so fortunate to watch you on competition because I feel like, oh my God. And I still remember the Marie Antoinette from Elite Pole Championship. And I keep reminding this with my friends who were there as well to watch. I was like, oh, the only one we remember is the Marie Antoinette because it was completely original and different. And this is what stands out, right? And here it comes from Pole Tricks can do, like, you can do Pole Tricks, everyone can do Pole Tricks. But your originality, your creative, your mindset is what you um, need to stand out, um, mm-hmm. and what stands out as well from from you, from the audience part. So, so it's good, it's good because um, when I wish that people will understand this, and I wish to probably give an advice to baby pollers, um, find yourself, don't be like others, don't compare, compare with. Them doesn't exist you need to compare you versus the video that your partner took about you you know
0: that's very difficult though also like not comparing um i think i've gotten a bit better at that but um it's a process i think all of this is a process the perfectionism we have days um i think that's why i actually like competing i was thinking about it the other day I, the reason why I like competing is I have to confront all the negative things about myself, the perfectionism. I have to look at it in the face and I have to be like, I'm a perfectionistic person. So I'm going to give myself compassion as a balance, you know, it's a, it's a work in progress. Isn't it always? It is always,
1: we always like learning and growing as human beings. So I'm not feeling a right at anything like, especially in this area, mental health issues throughout dancers is really common thing. And we should always address it like better and better because people suffer and we don't see the suffer behind people. So people feel like I'm really fortunate. I'm happy. I'm doing things that I show on post on Instagram, but you don't really see my real me in Instagram. So sometimes, I try to 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 make a diary like on on Instagram stories, so you might see like sometimes I feel shit, sometimes I feel bad, sometimes I feel like oh my god I need a rest, or I'm really hype about this and that. But it is really true all the time. Not really, um, because the daily life lasts for twenty four hours. What I post is literally one minute of my own life in one day. So um, we never know. And we should really address this and we should help each other and support. That's really important. So yeah, yeah. definitely, if you feel like you need to talk, um, you need to try to, this is hard, but this is what helped me out. Try to talk like a, to a friend of yours or explain the situation that you have. Um, they might help or just like be there and support you, but they might address you back and say like, look, you can go for a therapist.
0: Mm, that's what I do, to be honest. I have a life coach that I talk to all this stuff about. um, because if I talk to my husband, like he has his own stuff, you know, he doesn't want to hear my bullshit <laughs> about. And I just feel like I don't want to necessarily like deload all my all my negativity on him. um and um sometimes it's good to have a professional. Who is a bit objective? Who listens to it and goes, "Is that really true?" Like, you know, like a little bit of a like questioning the thoughts. I wanted to pick up on the imposter syndrome. How would you describe? How would you describe what imposter syndrome is? Because like some people maybe luckily have not experienced what that is.
1: Okay, so for me, imposter syndrome is like I know things. But I'm starting to doubt about my own abilities, and probably I'm, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to. Um, example of this could be many. In my personal opinion, when I started my own business um, this year for my studio, I was probably not, I was feeling like probably I was not ready for it. Um, I was not ready probably from a full skill um, uh, point of view. I wasn't ready probably from a business perspective. I was not ready as well to teach online classes. I used to teach online classes throughout lockdown and they were quite successful because everyone were at home. So obviously it was easy to teach online, right? Um, Then I started to go back to my own life and I quit in teaching um, online classes. And then I was like telling myself why I shouldn't not teach online classes again. Like, I think it's, it's important to, you know, to establish as well, like a communication tool for online, because I have some clients they are coming from Netherlands and in they live in Greece as well. And um, they keep wanting to train with me, but obviously because I'm not there and they're not here, we're not training together. So why do I need to, um, stop teaching them because they're not here. We can definitely, you know, try to establish a communication, um, link between us through online um and you know sometimes I feel like do I need to teach online because online you feel like you can actually get a bigger audience and it's quite harder to get it so if you teach online you feel like oh maybe no because maybe no one is going to book my classes you know and then you stop
0: it's the fear isn't it it's the fear of not being successful that stops you straight away And this
1: is so bad because if I, I'm trying to always like struggle and fight within my imposter syndrome. So again, like today, I had this podcast interview with you and I was really scared to, you know, explain my things in my English accent, which I don't like and other stuff, which, you know, I had to overcome these fears because at the end of the day, it's important to challenge yourself to be a better you. You can do whatever you put your mind into it. So there is nothing impossible in this life. Probably if my arm, my shoulder was not functioning anymore for my entire life, I would go back to pole with one arm. You know, that was probably a bit scary, but if I had to take this decision and this opportunity, I was going to take it. So yes, I'm I'm suffering of imposter syndrome because I think it's part of every person, Like I don't think no one had it or some of the people never had it in their life. Like, I think we all suffer from imposter syndromes at least once. But then again, we need to try to see the opportunity out of it.
0: I was talking to Amy, um, who you know, because you were competing with her at Leeds, And- and she was saying when she feels that fear of like oh can I do this she just goes for it she's like that's my signal to just go and do it and I was like okay this is why I'm doing this podcast so I can take tips and I'll be like okay I'm gonna be Amy today how do I be Amy or actually today I'm gonna be Kiana or today I'm gonna be like Sam (laughs) Because I need I need more ideas on, on how to improve my mindset. And I'm sure there's lots of people who are the same. They kind of feel like stuck in their usual way of doing things um, that no longer kind of work for them. My thing is when I injured my rib, this is obviously not the same as what you went through. But um, I actually did that from like a jade. Um, so I had this moment where I was would avoid the jade like for a while. Like for like I think it was like six, seven months. So I was just like, I'm not doing anything jade related. And then um I think at one point I was like, oh, but I really like the extended jade. I wanna try that. So I was like, okay, I've got to get over my fear of this of this twist. I think it's the twisty nature of like a jade split is what kind of put pressure on my ribs. Um, so what did you do? With the bop, with the bird of paradise, have you you've taught the move? I know that. Where are you now with that?
1: Yeah. So right now, um, my bird of paradise, um, I can potentially do it because the the mobility and the strength is back. Um, I can do the bird of paradise prep on the floor, so I could do the move, the actual move, standing up on the floor, and then. On the floor, lay down on the side. Um, I didn't try upside down on the pole yet. Um, the, I think there are two reasons why I didn't try yet. First, I don't have time to focus on that because I'm under another competition prep and I obviously don't want to um yeah, <laughs> you know, like your face is in it all like, yeah, I don't want to try to make things that probably I regretted or probably not. So I will try probably after my competition prep. Um, the fear of going to do the Bird of Paradise is not there anymore. I had a big fear until probably two months ago. So it took me a year to recover from the, the fear and the pain management science behind that. Uh, because I was feeling like the whole thing, it was not something that I probably try out. But the first moment of um, of which I injured, I always told my friends, look, one day I will be able to do the bird of paradise again. This is like another end goal of my rehabilitation program. So it's not something that I want to um, eliminate, like skip, because something that he actually caused me pain. And... Um, it is actually one thing and this is probably i'm gonna i'm gonna be like amy now <laughs> i'm gonna try out again you know i'm gonna go for it but this is not my time yet however what helped me out was the day of the injury happened i was recording myself because i was training for the comp right so every time i was doing something on the pool for the comp i was recording um to check lines videos um, musicality and all this stuff so i actually have my injury video and um not i didn't want to induce pain over me but at the beginning of my um rehab i was watching the video of me falling down um because I feel like it was a really good opportunity for me to learn the biomechanics behind it and the reason why I actually fell down. If it was something that probably came up from the entry I got in or from actually the spin that rotating too much or other stuff. Um, and that's the reason why I told you I lost the perception of the leg. I knew because I was watching myself over and over again. And that was hurting a lot. That was not easy process, but I know it was needed to overcome the fear.
0: What would you say to the person? Let's say they, they injured themselves. Give me like three things. I know it's really hard because there's many things, but three things that you would do. Let's say if you could go back in time and tell yourself, at, like after you got injured, if you could like, you know, be in a film and like go in a time machine and then go and talk to yourself at that exact moment, what would you say?
1: Um, I actually wrote it this one. (laughs) So I I was allowed to read it out. (laughs) Otherwise, I'm going to get lost on, on the conversation. So I wrote, don't lose hope, keep focus. Be grateful, work hard, and you will be able to do everything you want you to do only if you want you to do it so deeply. There is no impossible word in your vocabulary only a lot of resilience acceptance and consistency you might have ups and downs in your journey and it is totally okay with it the important thing is that you take this moment to reflect use it on your advantage do things that you usually never had the time to do before learn and watch videos of how injury rehab works sign up to workshops in terms of knowledge Find a good physio who understands and believes in your sport. Last but not least, be true to yourself and be original. If, if you cannot do things because your body doesn't allow you, doesn't mean you are less worth it as an athlete or artist. Find what enhances you
0: and the most, and find your own style. Okay, I think we should end it there. I think you did amazing, and I hope you like take care of yourself for the rest of the day because you might feel you know like a bit emotional because it's an emotional thing i feel actually i feel better (laughs) the opposite way around (laughs) i hope you all enjoyed that episode i really enjoyed talking to sam i learned a lot I've been more in tune with my body now that I'm training and doing a comp routine and doing run-throughs. And I probably am cautious of pushing my body to do the final run-through when my energy levels are low and I'm tired. And I definitely think of Sam and her resilience and how hopeful she was and how hard she worked to get back to Paul. She's inspiring and she was just amazing to talk to if you enjoyed this episode please like rate share leave a comment and whatever you're listening if you're listening on apple podcasts leave a comment say hi reach out to us give me some feedback so i can do this podcast even better um i enjoy feedback and it'll be great to hear from you see you soon